Howdy Yokes. Before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode and every episode of Bacon and Eggs is not only brought to you on YouTube in stunning HD, but it's also brought to you by our patrons. Now, Patreon is an amazing service. You can sign up and support creators that you love by sending them a couple dollars here and there. Uh, basically, you pledge a reward tier that makes sense for you. Uh, our patrons are absolutely incredible. Thank you so, so much if you are a patron, uh, but the reward tiers start at $1 and go all the way up to whatever you're comfortable with. Um, if it's something that you're able to do, it really helps us continue to make this show better and better so that I can get like a newer, better mic stand. And so that, uh, what else do we need? Oh, so that we can decorate the set, all sorts of stuff. So uh, if you love this show and this show brings you value, uh, we would love for you to bring value to the show. So head over to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Check out all the amazing reward tiers that we have over there. And uh, we'd love to see you in the Patreon community. Thank you so much for listening and let's get on with the show. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today, things are getting stranger. Or maybe the town's just under attack again. So all hail Lord Vecna. And do the Chrissy Crumple. Because today, we're bringing you Stranger Things 4, episodes 1 to 4. Chrissy, wake up! You know what I didn't? I just put two fives in the air, none of which, none, the, none of the numbers. You know, actually, technically, your thumbs aren't a finger. Oh, my God. So My thumbs are fingers. <laughs> just mine. Everybody else's, not fingers. You mine, know, fingers. You know what I didn't include in the intro? What? Chrissy, wake up. Oh, that, yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> My favorite TikTok of that nature was the one that, like, after all of the Chrissy Wake Up TikToks happened, somebody just posted, like, the regular scene and was like, why is he singing out of tune? Oh, my gosh. I watched it again yesterday, and it's I was so like, weird. it's it's so different. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um, So we're talking about Stranger Things Season 4, Episodes 1 through 4. I know that it was broken down into 1 through 6. 1 through 7. 1 through 7, and, and then 8 and eight nine. 9, I think, right? Yeah. Um, But that was a lot for people to watch in one go. So... I just want to do about half of it. Um, also, I think this is a good stopping point. If they cut the season off right here, I think it would have worked fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because this is the, this is the Hellfire Club through Dear Billy. Yeah. This is like the start. It's and, just act one. Right. This is, this is Max's arc. Yeah. I mean, not arc. Arc, kind of. I mean, Max remains a character through the whole thing. Um, well, Rotten Tomatoes gave this an 89%. I do have a uh, positive review. This is going to be a review of the whole season, though, I think. I don't really know. Um, let's see. Oh, Andrew Mail from The Times and in the UK. Yes, episodes still feel overlong, but the stakes seem real again and the world genuinely terrifying. Far more in keeping with the show's Stephen King influences than any aimless feel-good Goonies vibe. Stranger Things is scary and strange again. I don't even know. That was... He kind of floated. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Stranger Things is scary. <laughs> Stranger Things. <laughs> do uh, they like Stranger Things? What do they think Indiana is in the U in 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 the UK? Birmingham, probably. Like Alabama? No, like that's Birmingham. Oh, sorry. Uh, I've got a negative review here from Alan Seppenwell, Seppenwall of Rolling Stone, who says the whole experience felt like being forced to eat every menu item from the Cheesecake Factory over the course of a day. Lots of deliciousness, some things you never wanted, and the whole experience leaving you feeling nothing but bloated. Ouch. Ouch. I'm a Stranger Things apologist. My, here's, so here's my thing to start off with. I've seen a lot of complaints about the length of both the episodes and just the season overall. Did y'all forget how long TV seasons used to be? Oh, I know. Like, go watch a series, like, like, like 24, right? Like, or Lost. Yeah. 
Go watch one of those shows where it's 45-minute episodes, and there's like 27 of them in a season. And most of them are stupid. They had filler episodes. Filler episodes. You know what doesn't have filler episodes? Stranger Things. I was about to say, I thought you were going to say streaming shows, and I was like, well, now hold on. There are filler episodes of Mando. Yes. <laughs> but they're filler episodes like 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 Breaking Bad and filler episodes. It had one. Yeah, one. Yeah. The, the one that won an Emmy. <laughs> right. Um, episodes one through four. I watched these again yesterday and today. Also, the good thing about Netflix is once you've already watched the whole thing, Thing, you can just put it on 1.5x speed and it goes so much faster. I did faster. not know you could do that. You can do it on the app. You can't do it on, you the, can't TV. Do it on the TV. Okay. But you can do it on the app. And I have this beautiful iPad that I've been watching TV on. And oh man, so good. So good. So what did you think of Stranger Things episodes one through four? Stranger I, Things season four, episodes one through four. Right. I love these episodes. I think I'm immediately hooked back in. I think it also, here's here's my negative. It feels like they finished the story at the end of three. Like it was wrapped up nicely and a lot of characters finished a satisfying arc. And then they were like, oh man, we've got to bring this back. And it wasn't like, I think they did an excellent job of it, but I felt like a lot of characters' stories like closed. Like like Hopper was done. Yeah. I think he was supposed to stay dead. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are, are saying that they wish he would have. I don't wish he would have. I don't wish he would have. Although I was rewatching them today and I was like, man, the Hopper stuff, the Russia stuff, that takes away a lot from like what is going on. Like it is a side quest. It's a side quest, but it does give me one of my so one of the things the Duffer brothers have said about how they make Stranger Things and how they write this whole thing is that they don't know, like they don't, I think they know the the big plot points, but they don't know like how everything's going to happen and how everything's going to get there. It's played out like a lot, like a role-playing game. And when they're writing characters together, it's sometimes an experiment. And you can see that because they pair a lot of people off, especially in this season. Like they said that one of the most successful was last season with Dustin and Steve. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And you can see them trying to do that again, where like now we've got this whole entire story between um, Yuri and or I'm sorry, Murray and Joyce. And I know that they spent time together before, but they were, you know, there was Hopper there as well. There was Hopper there. Yeah. And now we're getting all of this interaction between Murray and Joyce. And you don't get to like it doesn't get to the point where I really enjoy their chemistry until the second half of the season. But I love those two together. Yeah. But I think one of the most interesting pairings jumping around a little bit is that did not work is will and l yeah at all it like at no point of them being in california together and you could tell even when they were writing it they were like i don't even know how to write these two as friends they've never interacted right and yeah they were he was gone right and then she was gone right and then they were sort of both together and they both feed off of mike so well they're both in love with mike right can i mike's a chode mike sucks in these first four mike episodes sucks in this whole season he god mike sucked the whole time i so i haven't watched the first three seasons in a long time i just rewatched him before i rewatched these episodes mike wheeler sucks like i get it he's supposed to suck he's the like you know oh i'm too cool for this friendship kind of friend but like isn't right like everything's about him he's a, such a narcissist everything's about him constantly yes and i think it was so interesting in this season the way that they took mike and their groups, the, you know, the core force archetype and projected it into other cliques. Yeah. I thought that like, you know, there was the Jason and the basketball players where it's like Jason is Mike, obviously. And then there's like the sort of chubbier kid that's supposed to be Dustin and the black kid. Yeah. Supposed to be um, Lucas. Lucas. Uh, and then they also have like when they when you see Eddie's band, it's the exact same. Setup. Yeah. And I was like, so Man. let's let's talk about this. This whole roving cast of characters we got here. So we are introduced to a lot of people in episode one. I mean, you're introduced to Eddie Munson, the other people in Hellfire, everybody on the basketball team, yep. Argyle, Chrissy, Chrissy. There's not really a character past episode one. 
one, but I know. And you know what I think is so sad about Chrissy just real quick is the chemistry that she very clearly had with Eddie. Oh, I know. I was so excited for her to like be part of the group. I didn't even care about her being part of the group. I just wanted like maybe her to do drugs two or three times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and before... not die right before doing her first hit of ketamine. Right. Like obviously I didn't want her to do drugs, but like I just wanted her to like I think what would happen though is if like if Chrissy does drugs and it works and keeps coming back to Eddie, then like Eddie loses some of his redemption as a character. Right. And so obviously you can't do that. Yeah. But I just thought the actress and the actor there, or the two actors, I guess, worked really well. Together. So Eddie's an interesting one. Eddie and Jason, I think, are my two absolute favorite additions to this season. Yes. I um, I love Jason's character. Yeah. I mean, I hate him. Oh my God. Do I, I hate him, him as much <laughs> as I hated Dolores Umbridge. Like, right. He is such a good character. He is such a good archetype and it's such good commentary on just the general state of the world right now of this like this religious panic that we've got going on right and uh, like he is the star of the basketball team he's a star student he's dating the head cheerleader he's probably prom king right you know but he's a piece of garbage right. he's a bad friend he's a bad listener he's a bad person and then you have eddie who is a burnout a wasteoid you know a victim of the system you know all his teachers hate him the whole school hates him nobody wants to be around him except for these kind of weirder kids and it's just like the sweetest guy yes and i think the i think what they're doing with that is they're building these two characters off in mike's void you know yeah. this is the best parts of mike and the, and worst, the worst parts, parts of mike. mike yeah uh that our group clings to yeah um that being said um in, in episode one i'm team lucas okay like the fact that his friends were like screw you we're gonna go play D, &D instead and not come to your super important basketball game oh my god what jerks seriously <laughs> you we're gonna, have to we're go gonna to your recruit friends. your sister and like think about th this is what gets me is like dustin would know how important basketball is because his best friend steve harrington was the, was the captain, captain of the basketball, of the basketball team. team the year prior yeah <laughs> like dustin would would care about basketball. Justin would care about it's it's Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> this is basketball country. I don't care if you like Steve's interested, Rob is interested, everybody's interested except Dustin and Mike who are like, oh, it's Hellfire Club night. We're gonna steal Lucas's sister away from his big important game. Yeah, also I'm Which I is love, just mean. Oh, right, I love Lady Applejack, but you have to go to your brother's You have to go to your brother's championship game. basketball game. And I, I get, get they're like, oh, he's not gonna, you know, go in, he's not gonna play, but obviously he is, because it's a TV show. Also, it's important to him. Also, it's important to him, yeah. Right, like Y'all are his friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can move D and D. I get it. Like Eddie's gonna be a dick about it whatever like you can move to, that is a that is the the kind of plan that just has to come second sometimes yes you know it, it, it's 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 like you're going to the movies you're going like th things that are movable sometimes have to move for things right. that are not movable right it's not like graduation is tomorrow and you'll right. never see eddie <laughs> you'll again never see these people although again. they wouldn't have ever seen eddie again right <laughs> oh, that's true yeah yeah absolutely they would have never seen eddie again <laughs> um but they didn't know that. They, they they didn't have Will there to be like, my neck tingles. Right. So I know that, that the Demogorgon is back. The Demogorgon and, and Vecna is here to Vecna's destroy here. us all. Lord Vecna. This is this is my favorite thing about the show is that like every time, every season they have to get a new evil, a new big bad evil guy. Right. And they're just like, okay, we're going to defer to the kids on what to call it. Yes. And the kids are like, we're going to name it after a D&D &D thing. Yes. We've got the Demogorgon. We've got the Mind Flayer. We've got the Mind Flayer again, but made of meat. And we've got Vecna, Lord Vecna, Eddie's, Eddie's big bad. Who is the Lich King at the end of Tomb of Horrors? That's going to be season five. Um, oh, I know this. A Sararak. A Sararak. A Sararak. Yes. I was about to reach back here and grab I know. The it's right there. 
Yeah. A Sarerac. Oh man. A Sarerac, the 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 Lich King, the de- the, the That's Demi-Lich. when when I can never think of the guy's name, but Papa, he's going to be in the Upside Down as a Sarah. That's my season five prediction. Papa? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He will reign one in. Okay. Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it, it's going to be hard for us to not, like, we're going to do our best here. It's going to be hard for us to not talk about things that happen. I've got a few notes I want to talk about. Go through. for it. Um, I took notes on paper. Look at you. Love this. Look at you. Love this. Um, what do we got? First note, Mike is a little prick. Yes. Nailed that. Um, Robin and Steve's chemistry when they are first talking in the movie. Let's talk about Steve real quick. Okay. I have some... I have what I think is probably a hot take on Steve. Okay. You know how I said Hopper's story was done? Yeah. Steve's story was done. I don't really agree with that. Listen, Steve, they spend so much of these first four episodes trying to figure out what Steve is in this show. Like he shows up and he's like, oh, I'm dating this girl, but I'm not super into her. And he's like, he's lost back in a place he was in at like the start of season one. And then we end up with him at the end of the four episodes we watched appearing to go back to Nancy, which is like season one, season two stuff. Right. With the, the correct move nancy and jonathan are dating in real life i don't care <laughs> i'm a stancy shipper i i jonathan and nancy is the wrong play i they I, have that whole montage in the first episode which i think is a brilliant piece of cinematography there where they cut back and forth between oh so good between uh her talking to fred and him talking to argyle yes and then both being like you gotta break up with this dude yeah and like they have completely different motives obviously fred wants to get with nancy and argyle's just like jonathan bro <laughs> Live free, man. California. When I first saw Argyle come on screen, I was like, I'm going to hate this guy. This is this is the character they have messed up. And they just didn't. They did not They at did all. not at all. There are moments in the series where I hate Argyle. There definitely are, but there are moments where I absolutely love Argyle. Right. Because of his, you know, you, you have to have that character every season that's just like totally, that last year it was Robin, where they're just yes. totally like, yeah, I'll buy into this. I'm not part of it, but now I'm I am. I'm not part of it, but now I am. Like, yep. yeah, sure. Yeah, the world's in danger. Let's go for it. Yeah, I'll drive you across the desert to, you know, to go all find your over friend. the freaking place. Yeah. Um, I have a pet peeve about television and movies in general okay. with this next point. Maybe it's because our school didn't have this. Where are school counselors like this? In TV and movies, you can go to your school counselor and just like vent your life away yeah they're like therapists they're like therapists yeah no my high school school counselor had pencils from every college yeah like that was their thing was they helped you pick which school you wanted to go to and knew the curriculum at the school. I mean, maybe it's a potentially that like the, our guidance counselors were like this for people that needed it. Maybe. People that had like big boy trauma yeah. when they were in high school. Like, oh, my brother got eaten by a mind flare. <laughs> right. I watched it happen. I watched it. He died in front of me. And then my stepdad left. My mom's an alcoholic. I dumped my boyfriend. Nobody understands me. And also I'm being controlled by an evil demon. Not only did... Hold on. Max is... Max... First viewing of season of of Stranger Things four, Max actually was my least favorite character. Really? Second viewing, Max might be my favorite. Yeah. Um, I think there's so much depth to this. Like she, when she sees the Chrissy crumple, she runs immediately to dust. And and I think as a viewer, at least I missed this the first time around. It's easy to be like, okay, yeah, they're friends. You got to realize at this point, they're not. Friends. They're not friends. Like Lucas was Lucas and L was her connection to the group. Yeah. And they're both not with Dustin yeah. and not with Max. Yeah. You know, so like she's going to Dustin because he's like an authority on this, but also because she's craving that friendship and something has finally broken where she can open up to somebody about anything. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. L left. Mike's worthless. 
Right. You know, Will's gone. Right. She's got Lucas and Dustin. She doesn't want to deal with Lucas anymore because Lucas is brokenhearted. Right. And, and like her and Dustin have never been close. <laughs> Dustin and hers closest relationship was that like Dustin was hitting on her. Yeah. So I just, and then I think all the way through this fourth episode where she plays running up that hill, which is a song I didn't particularly like the first time I heard. Which I'll admit was from Stranger Things. Yeah. There are songs that they play in this show that I've known my whole life. That Kate one Bush one is not. That one's one of them, yeah. <laughs> um kate bush is like notoriously not famous yeah now though it's like she's like a she disappeared thing yeah like intentional uh anyway when she plays running up that hill and you see what her mind is seeing every time she plays that song is like all of these memories of valuable friendship yeah it's like every time she's listening to that song that's what's going through her head. yeah and god that's just so it rough. is it is such a good uh i'd always the sound design in the show has always been on point like the music placement the the wet squelching, everything. <laughs> Do you watch? I'm sure you watch with subtitles. Absolutely. Yes, the subtitles there, are I mean, so if, if good. I didn't, if I didn't watch everything with subtitles, I would watch Stranger Things with subtitles. Oh, they're so good. Because they're their good. own form of comedy. Wet squelching. Wet squelching. Yeah, a monster <laughs> flops wetly. But the, uh, just the like, and I think I think running up that hill, it, and maybe this is part of the decision, is like, it is a song that once it's been introduced to you, you'll recognize it every time it's coming out of Max's headphones. Yeah. Because of that, like, awful, squawky horn noise. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's such a brilliant piece of sound design that, like, you can always tell when she's listening to it. Yes. And she's always It's, it's just on a loop. Yes. Constantly to keep her from getting Vecnaed. Yes. And she is so afraid of her interactions with her friends. I mean, that's what leads her to getting Vecna is that she's not willing to talk to Lucas, right? Or she, anybody. She All she wants is to live vicariously through these memories. Yeah. She, she cannot open up and create new ones because she's been burned so many times. I freaking love Here's it. a fun fact about the therapist that I learned from TikTok. Um, and this is a, a brilliant piece of uh, set design or, or, or mise-en-scene or whatever. But the therapist's office is painted this pink color. And it's, it's called Baker miller pink and it was originally in like the 70s and 80s thought to like calm people down so they would paint like doctor's offices dentist offices therapist office this this pink color because it was supposed to invoke calm yeah it does the opposite like once they finally sat down like studied it properly right it like irritates people no way yeah. like it makes people irritable and like aggressive so it's like the opposite of haint blue yeah do you know what haint blue is nope. haint blue is, is a southern thing haint blue is the color you paint the roof of your porch so i learned supposed... this fact recently i had no idea about this you really did i've known really about this for didn't. years i really did not so it's supposed to be calming and this one actually is you can do this well, i don't know actually i'm assuming this one actually is calming where like you're supposed to sit out on your porch during a storm but then you have this like sort of blue sky color kind of like the color of your hat yeah over top of you uh and it's supposed to be like calming and it's like a it's like a good luck thing for like southern homes oh this is not why i learned people do it though Oh, what did you learn? I learned that um, it stops like wasps and spiders from nesting no way. on the roof of your porch because they're so stupid. They think it's the sky. Oh, that's so good. I love that explanation, too. <laughs> um, I have. So I want to make a comment, transition a little bit, how I critique and react to both critique and film. I have a comment here. Okay. Um, I noticed, and you can see it on our Instagram, there's a reel that when Jonathan is hitting golf balls into the uh, like landfill, he like has a terrible swing. Yeah. And I think that's part of the character and part of like the intention is that like Jonathan just wants to spend time with Argyle. Like he doesn't care about learning how to play. He and Argyle yeah. swings well. Yeah. Um, and it also is like, like it's just an indication of the eighties. Like it looks like he's swinging like a kid in the eighties. If it, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I just, the way that it comes it's across straight out of Caddyshack. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that that works really well. And it's something that's like, you watch it and you know, the technique is wrong and you know, that's intentional. There is another moment in this, in the first episode 
where technique is wrong in a way that cannot possibly be the director's decision. And it, I hate noticing these things. Okay. So the thing about Jonathan, I love noticing. The thing that I hate noticing is that Maya Hawk doesn't know how to hold a trumpet. Oh, yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Maya Hawk's finger, so her gloves, her margin gloves are clipped. Yeah. So Which if, you don't do if you're a you brass player. So brass players wear full gloves because it keeps the brass clean. And, and you don't need the And you don't, you don't need, need You don't need your fingers. And then... If you look in the scene, all the saxophone players have, have full, full gloves. gloves on. Yeah. And I hate noticing that. Yeah. I hate that. Like, I don't hate that the Duffer Brothers did it. I hate that it bothers me. Well, this is the same thing as like, if you go back to Stranger Things episode one, Will like casts Fireball and like rolls a D20 to cast Fireball. Oh no. Oh, this happens in episode one of this season. Lady Applejack is a rogue. Yeah. There's no rogues in first edition. There aren't? No, well, you're they, a thief. I don't think they would have been playing first edition. The rogue didn't come up till 3.5. Really? Yeah. Which was the 90s, or maybe third I believe. Um, yeah, she says she's a level 14 rogue. And it's like... Yeah. So it's like they, they do all this stuff and then like they constantly get the... And this is just like stuff that we know about D&D because we play D&D. But right. like Fireball is a saving throw. It's an area effect spell. It's always been it a saving hits. throw. Like it, <laughs> it hits. The monster has to save. Right. Like the Demogorgon would have had to save against Fireball. Will doesn't roll a d20 right. to, to cast Fireball. Right. He also would have wrecked his compatriots. I don't think he would have in first edition, but in fifth edition he would have. Yeah, they were all standing right uh, yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> What's the, yeah. High is for, I don't give a f how big the room is. I said I cast Fireball. <laughs> I want to play D&D so bad. Um, I want to play as a player character. I need to revisit the campaign I'm running. They keep hounding me to play and I want to play, uh, but I just got to, I've got to like sit down. You've run campaigns. I've got to just like sit down and like, when you go through a session, just reveal so many details. And then if you don't write them down immediately after, like they're gone, man. Yeah, they don't exist. That <laughs> right. simply didn't happen. But they remember them. They remember, they take notes. <laughs> they take notes and everything. They're good DMs. <laughs> right. Because I've had the benefit of like, most of my D&D experience has been on a podcast. Right. That I have recorded and edited and myself. Edited. Right. So you so know like, all I the know notes. all the things that I say. Right. <laughs> because they're they're locked in time forever. Right. But also Robin wouldn't be standing next to whoever the other girl is. Oh yeah. She's like a clarinet. Yeah. Like, maybe because it's a pep rally, I would let it slide. But like I don't know though. Like we pulled that stuff. Like yeah. we stood next to the people we wanted to stand next but, to. But, but but Maya, like I keep saying Maya. What is her name in the show? Robin. Robin. You just said it. Okay. I'll tell you. I've watched so much Stranger Things and also watched so many interviews for the Stranger yeah. Things cast. Then all their names are just so freaking normal. Except for Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> Which is a D&D &D name. Finn, Finn Wolfhard, Gaten Maserato. <laughs> and then you've got Noah Schnapp. Hey, it's me, Gaten Maserato. Hey, it's me, Gaten Maserato. I play this character, Dustin Anderson. <laughs> On Stranger uh, on Things. On Stranger Things. You got some gabagool in this <laughs> Give me a Give me a 30-second synopsis on each episode. Okay. Um, let me pull up the titles. No, Off the Dome. Off the Dome. Okay, so the first episode... Episode one is Hellfire Club. Hellfire Club is... Um, we are learning that the group is separated. Um, extremely separated. More extremely separated than they've ever separated. been. separated. More separated. Even in, in Hawkins. Some of them are in Lenora, California, but even the ones in Hawkins, completely separated. Uh, the only remaining members of the group 
is um I, at least the way I see it is Dustin and um who's Dustin hanging out with the whole time? Eddie. Who goes to Hellfire? Will. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Will no, is in Will, Lenora. Will. Mike. Dustin and Mike. Mike. So yeah, Dustin ends up with Eddie and Steve and them. Everybody's separated. Nobody's feeling good. We're setting up the season. It's all very weird. Yes. Joyce isn't paying. She got a doll in from Russia in the mail. Chrissy gets crumpled. Chrissy gets crumpled. Rest in peace, Chrissy. I don't like this. Gotta Chrissy. wake up. Gotta wake up. <laughs> Chrissy. Poor Chrissy. Uh, Poor Chrissy. Second she was such episode. a kind person. There's been a murder in Hawkins. There's about to be a second one. Yeah. Jason's going to kill somebody. No. Fred. Fred dies. Fred dies. Uh, Fre okay. You watched all of Stranger Things recently. Yep. Do we know who Fred is before nope. this? Okay. Nope. So they're just like, we're just supposed to infer that like Fred got into a car accident last year. Yeah. And somebody died. And somebody died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the cop like crawls through the window. Right. He's like, murder, 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 murder. And, and you know, Fred was sitting there in his like journalism class, like, excuse me, cop. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just accuse me of stuff. I know my rights. No, I mean, like, Fred is sitting there bleeding blue. Like, oh, cop, yeah. you can't call me a murderer. Uh, although he was a black cop. Anyway, uh, second episode, uh, 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 Chrissy's dead. We start dealing with that. Uh, I don't know. You give me a synopsis here. I don't know what happens. Chrissy's dead. Jason immediately thinks that something's wrong, which I mean, it is to be fair. And the cops come interrogate Jason and they're like, you're a suspect. And then they're like, you're not a suspect. And everybody else is like, it's Eddie Munson. He killed him. And he didn't. And then, and then, and then Jason goes into the woods and he's wearing a Lacoste polo. And he screams. He screams. Yeah. Yeah. And um, is this the one where Eleven hits the girl in the head with the roller oh, skate? Oh, we didn't even talk about the roller skate thing. It is. The Rinkomania. Rinkomania, where Eleven like, assaults Commits, another. Yeah, felony assault. Yeah. And then, Although, like, I'll tell you, I was, I've got some notes on that kid. Uh, on Angela. Angela. What a dick. So let me, let me pull up what I've got on Angela. Can you imagine if you're Jane Hopper and you go up to present your Direyama in front of the class? Can you imagine being the teacher that's like, yeah, you did the assignment wrong? No, yeah. you didn't. Can you imagine? Yeah. These th <laughs> this is my least favorite trope about like kids in school is when like somebody would be presenting and other kids in the class are just straight up like outwardly mean. Yes. And the teacher does nothing. Yes. Or the teacher in this case like reinforces what Angela <laughs> yeah. is saying. Well, you did the assignment wrong, but. No, you didn't. I'm sorry. If I'm a teacher, that's the kind of creative answer that I'm yeah, really exactly. hoping for. My dad's a hero. Yes. He saved a bunch of kids from a mall fire. That's amazing. That's amazing. Tell us more. The whole point is that they the class- They took shots at Helen Keller in this one too. Did they? Well, yeah, because they, they made her like the hero of the most boring, milk toast white girl ever. They literally, that's because that was Angela's hero. Oh, oh, okay. They're literally just like, man, can you imagine doing like- can you imagine the kind of Helen person that Keller. Helen Keller? It's like, wow, Duffer Brothers taking shots at Helen Keller. I know, I know. Um, Bro, but I think, I think, so. I would have cried if, if a kid in my class got up in my life. It was like, this is a presentation about my hero who is my dad who died saving everybody from a mall fire. I'd be like, that's the best presentation I've ever heard. That's amazing. I didn't do the homework. I did it wrong. <laughs> I did it wrong. I brought in George Washington. I, I'm, I'm making actually, up a report about George Washington in the next five minutes. I did Hamilton, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is what I wanted to say. Elle, Will gets mad at Elle because she's lying to Mike about having being friends with Angela. About, yeah, how her life is going in California. I think Elle thinks her and Angela are friends. I think she actually believes that. Oh, I don't. No, I do because she comes into this new town and Angela treats her the exact same way Papa did. And she thinks Papa loved her. No, I don't think she does by this point. Well, maybe not, but there's this subconscious, like, people who are mean to me 
must want what's best for me. That's a pretty like personal read you're putting on that. Well, because she hits her the exact same way she hits Papa. So there's gotta be something there. They have the exact same scar. Yeah, because they're both bullies. They are both bullies. I don't think that I don't think that Eleven thinks that Angela is her friend at any point. Like that she's lying. She is lying to Mike. Or maybe she thinks that being friends with Angela is a good thing. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Because that's why she tells Mike. But, that like this friends. is the kind of person she wants to, to be like. She wants to be normal. Right. Right, like she and desperately normal wants to be normal. Are bullies. Normal people are bullies. Yes, that's God. what we've learned over I and over again. Hate bullies. Every time we see bullying in a show or in a movie on this show, I'm always like, you know what? We are going to become a nonprofit and we are going to put money towards bullying prevention. And then I sit and think about it, and it's like, oh, there's literally nothing you can do for that. Kids, yeah, kids are mean. Some kids, kids are just mean. Well, no, not even some kids are mean. All kids are mean. All kids. I was a way. mean kid. Everybody is a bully. Yes, it is. An, it is an interminable cycle. And I'm not saying that makes it okay. I'm not saying that makes it right i am saying it is an interminable cycle and you can say no they're not look at this show has examples look at dustin and mike and will and lucas well hold on dustin and mike and will is maybe not will but dustin and mike bully lucas for being on the basketball team yeah these kids all hate each other right like, like dustin's best friends are steve harrington and eddie munson right because mike has been so him over the years and lucas abandoned him for the basketball team right and, and everybody abandoned him in season three. I know you haven't watched this recently, but like he gets home from camp and nobody cares. Nobody cares about him. Oh my God, I forgot about his girlfriend. M Mike is so stuck up Eleven's ass and and like Lucas, who is dating Max, is trying to help him out with it. Will just wants to play D&D. I do remember Dustin. that. Yeah. I love Will wanting to play D&D because he's like the magic Will or something, right? Will the Wise. Will the Wise. Yeah. And he's got the I purple never, costume. I related so hard because you and Chris had girlfriends before I did. Yes. And you guys were like that when we were that age, where you were just absolutely insufferable and were just like outwardly mean to me about like wanting to hang out with your with you guys ever. Like we weren't friends anymore. I was busy, man. I, I had stuff. <laughs> Did you notice? I'm sorry, you definitely noticed this, but I want to point it out. They sing the national anthem with the Kermit girl, right? Like yeah. This pig girl. Yeah. And then they transition to the... Eddie, not Eddie, it's not Eddie. Jimi Hendrix. It's Jimi Hendrix, yeah. I was gonna say. Although Eddie I was Van expecting, with, with the way that it started playing, like overlapping, I was expecting Eddie to like bust in and ruin the basketball game. Oh, that'd be so good. Like with his, with his guitar, amazing, beautiful guitar. His the, the world's lamest guitar ever. But that's what a twenty-year-old who's still in high school in Indiana would think is a cool guitar. I did not know, and I don't know that they did. On it, I mean, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they do that much research. I did not know BC Rich existed in the '80s for you to like have a BC Rich Warlock. Clearly, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Fireball's an attack spell, right? Um, listener, if you're gonna find some some game where Fireball is an attack spell and say like, that's some what they version, shut up. <laughs> Fireball, as we know it today. Um, well, and as they knew it in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Right. You know what drives me nuts? Lady Applejack shows up and she just gets to be a part of the final episode of the campaign. Who filled her in on the story? When when Eddie's like missing an eye and an arm and she responds, Vecna's back? Yeah. How would you have known? How long was this session? <sighs> Did you kill Vecna today? Or, well, I mean, like, obviously she's just reading Lucas's notes. Right. Like, every time he comes home. Oh, you think? Yeah, absolutely. You think she doesn't have a group to play with. She's just living vicariously. I think she does have a, a group to play with, but I think she also is just that kind of person that just goes in there and takes his notebook. And it's like, oh, what, what he got up to? Because she, at the end of season three, she gets Will's stuff. Will gives gives away all his D&D stuff. And he was, don't, Mike was like, don't you want it? He's like, no, I'll just use your book when I come visit. And then Mike comes to California and it's just like, oh, I got a girlfriend again. Girlfriend. This went so well last time. A girlfriend who would love D&D. 
Yeah, if they just let the girls play. Right, like, Elle would be so Remember good at Remember season D- two when Max was like, I'll play D&D with you? And they were like, uh, no. Will, and Mike especially was like, you're not part of the party, bro. But Mike was, he, he was losing control of his party at the time. Yeah, because Eleven was gone. I want to talk. You got to go back and watch these original seasons. I do. Uh, I've got a story point, a character point that I love. Yeah. Eddie being the DM is so good. Captain of the basketball team wants to win for the basketball. Yeah. DM wants to be the enemy that loses. Yep. That's it's the, the perfect so character arc. good that like Eddie wants to essentially, I mean, this whole character is that he wants to run away. Yeah. Uh, he's not a hero. Yeah. Cause he's the villain. He wants to run away. He, uh, but he, he hopes the heroes. Yeah. He, th- that's the tricky thing about being a DM is that like, you don't get to win usually. Like I, I've been thinking about this a lot as someone who plays D and D, especially as a DM, you've TPK'd us. Yeah. Is a narrative point. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like like a lot of people who DM, I'll see them talking about this book. I can't think of the name of it exactly, but it's like the monsters know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like it's okay as the DM to try to win the fights. Yeah. I can't do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I think DMs are generally too easy. I have this complaint about every D&D podcast I listen to where like the 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 D- Dungeon to Daddies honestly was the first one that ever like really put stakes on it. Really? Well, there's there's Ned Chicane, but that was sort of his character arc. Oh, is it Ned has to die? Ned yeah. has to die. Yeah. yeah. That um, was also Monster of the Week. Yeah, but like in Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, they they kill a guy in in Dungeons and Daddies. That's so good. Yeah, they fully kill a guy. I think my problem is we get to play so rarely. No, it's a it's a podcast. They find ways for that guy to still be well, around because like you're I not going to just like kick somebody off the show. Th- but obviously, I'm not going to kick somebody out of the table. I'm going to let them re-roll. That's the thing is like if you're playing if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons for no stakes, like where you're just you you've got a game where it's a bunch of people. And and maybe maybe this is just how I think about it. And everybody else just like wants to role play and have fun and stuff. But like if you're the DM, you should try to beat your characters, make make them beat you. Right. right. Like, don't just give it to them. This I, is the this is the, the clip that's going to blow up on TikTok. And I'm going to get Brennan Lee Mulligan calling me. Right. Being like, excuse me. <laughs> hey, bud. You want not them how to it win. Works. Although Bre- Brennan I mean, Lee Mulligan, who follows me on Twitter, is going to DM me and be like, hey, although listen. Brennan, I mean, he knocks players out. He two players died at the start of Fantasy High. Uh, yeah, but that was that not was, for narrative. I mean, he brings them back. But like, yeah, and he works that into the narrative. But like that becomes the narrative. Right. I think if I had a table, the biggest issue, I think, is that I'm so afraid because my game meets like once every two weeks, if we're lucky, once every two or three months. Yeah. Realistically, my fear is that like in between games, you spend all this time thinking about your character. If I kill the ranger in our party who has a puppy, you know, and I just kill him dead. Yeah. And they have to re-roll a character without the puppy. Like, that sucks. That does suck. <laughs> that does suck. But or like, if they, or worst case scenario, if they don't get to play anymore and I killed the puppy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's it's tough, right? Because, like, that's the thing. It's like, it, it is, people, you take it, you got to put your, a lot of yourself in the character. And I don't think a lot of people have the skill set, which is fine. Like, th- this is not something that, that every, there's a required, there are no requirements to play D&D. Anybody can play D&D. Yes. Right? Like, but a lot of people you don't want to play. What? You got to want to play. Well, you got to want to play. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have the skill set to, like, put a lot of themselves in the character and also be okay when that character dies. Yes. And I think a lot of times, maybe it's just the circles we exist in, the game is an escape. At least I know a lot of the games I play in is that the the game is an escape and it's supposed to be somewhat fun and lighthearted. Like the world that I created is like... The very duck-centric world. The very duck-centric world. 
is about a male academy where ducks deliver mail and mushrooms. That's a great (laughs) pitch, though. The mushroom thing was so good. I had so much fun doing that. I was like, man, the way the inside of his brain works. (laughs) But I would feel so bad being like, oh, and by the way, this goblin stabbed a sword through your brain. (laughs) (laughs) If your players are able to be killed by goblins, that's their fault uh do better do better um let me see if i have any more notes if there's anything i want to uh transition to how are you doing with my notes here is it am i transitioning at bad times no you're doing great okay i just yeah. want to make sure you're not like you remember, you remember clarn <laughs> do i remember clarn i think about merrick tea leaf who was my character in our <laughs> campaign who wielded this was t- completely unintentional you, nobody cares about your campaign uh but we had this campaign where i played a halfling named merrick tea leaf and he carried a hammer and then his other thing was that he carried a shield yeah. and we fat like 10 sessions in i was like oh my god merrick is just america without the first and last letter yeah and he was captain america and he carried like mjolnir like literally it was like a warhammer like this it wasn't like the warhammer pick. sure yeah you know I, I made captain and he was a paladin who was like you know sort of nationalistic and uh <laughs> I loved that character. I think about that all the time. I think about if we ever restarted that campaign, I'd be so sad if you killed Merrick. <laughs> Listen, man. But I want, but I also. That clockwork dragon he's been standing there in front of for over for a year over now. A year. Oh, since I lived in my last house. Yeah. It's been over two years. Uh, yeah. I would love to play that campaign. I mean, I, I, I somewhere still have the notes. <laughs> That's out of a book, too. I would love to make a, play a campaign out of a book. I've never played like a proper D&D module. That part was not out of a book. No, no. Oh. The um, the, the vampire thing, stuff. Yeah, the vampire stuff was out of book, but I just used that as like, yeah, like a module, like a like a basis. Like I put the story on top and made the vampire like a character. Right. Gave you a bat. The modules are great, but they also suck, right? Like I don't want to stick to a module. The characters are so stuffy. I people talk about D and D lore a lot. Like anytime on um actually they do D and D, I'm always like, I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. I know roughly most of the races and the classes. Yeah. And like the people will be like, I'm in DM groups on Facebook and they'll be like, what classes do you restrict in your campaign? I'm like, what? What kind of boring answer in question is this? I, the more I think about it, the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, OK, I can kind of see like, you know, if everybody played like a halfling or something, that would be kind of a fun uh, thing. But I just want people to play whatever. I started listening to uh, NADPOD, not another D&D podcast. Yeah, yeah I've listened to that. Uh, have you? Yeah. Oh, OK. I'm like two episodes in. Okay, yeah, I'm like three episodes in. Okay. And it's about like a, a group of Boy Scout halfling paladins. Well, there is a Boy Scout halfling yeah. paladin. <laughs> I was like, this is the t- most Tyler Carlin thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and he's played by Jake from Jake and Amir. No. No. He's played for, by some other guy. Yes, but the, Jake from Jake and Amir is there. The hard one is the the droid. Not the droid. The, the uh, dwarf. Forged. He's a dwarf. No, he's like a, well, sorry, he's a person raised by dwarves. Ah. <laughs> His name's like Hard One something. <laughs> hard One Ironheart or something. Uh, let's see. But yeah, Beverly, the, the, the Boy Scout paladin. I love, dude, I never thought I was going to love playing a paladin, but I think if somebody was like, let's get a game together, I think that's my bad. Yeah. Yeah. I always try to play something that's outside of my comfort zone, and I think that's the wrong way to approach it. This is like heavy. Somebody's watching this like, right. Why did, I where, do, where did the stranger things go? I do not care about your d character. This is the strangest thing. Uh, here's my advice when playing d Play a character you are comfortable with. Put that character with outside of there. Yeah. Like, that's the key. Because if I, and he's going to think I'm calling her out. But if I showed up and was like, I'm playing a Genasi monk, I would have no idea how to play that at all. Yeah. Like, what is this person into? I don't, I don't know. 
stuff stuff <laughs> things i could probably play that in a way that like i would have to do it in a way that reflected myself like this is a character who reads a lot of self-help books and finds power in isolation my character uh on late to the party is a human half bard half sorcerer yeah that's that's ethan yeah uh who is slightly evil at this point nice yeah ben allen roth getting getting a little anakin skywalker vibes little, little annie oh, poor guy um cool let's talk about stranger things yes uh so Joyce gets the package and she calls Murray and they have that little phone exchange. It's very funny. Murray helps her crack it. And then Murray shows up at the house, skipping a few scenes here, and uh, they decide they're going to call Enzo. Enzo, yeah. hot dude. Um, yeah, it's uh, Jack and Hagar from Game of Thrones. Good things about this. I love Enzo. I love Murray. I love Joyce. Bad things about this. Murray brings with him old luggage. I think this is like my least favorite thing in the world. What? Like luggage. I still think luggage looks like it's about 20 years behind in terms of design. Okay. So luggage from the 80s looks like it was from the 60s and I, I hate it. Like it shows up on screen and I'm like, this is so stupid and inefficient. Why did they ever make luggage without <laughs> wheels? This is so dumb. I get so like physically upset when I see old luggage. <laughs> Just thinking about them having Joe Namath hold the uh, the Samsonite suitcase on Mad Men. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Ugh. So that's the problem is that Murray brings old, old bags with him to Russia. Old bags. That drives me nuts. But then we cut back to uh, Millie Bobby Brown playing Eleven. I think we talked about this briefly last week. Millie Bobby Brown, so underrated as an actress. She is so deeply overrated as an actress. I couldn't disagree more. Did you watch Enola Holmes? Yeah, I thought it, it was, was great. awful. It was painful. They're making another one. I thought it was great. Her portrayal is so bad. Also, we've reviewed it on this show. So yes, I watched it. Uh, You're saying she's underrated as an actor. And I think she's underrated because she's like, I mean, she's damn Dixie D'Amelio in all these interviews and stuff. And she goes in and plays Elle. And it's just this like great, pensive, cool character who assaults oh, other teenagers. I'm so tired of her. Like, I'm, I'm tired of Eleven. I think so. I this mean, is, she'd had a great character arc this season, finally. I think Eleven should have died in season three. <laughs> she can't die. I know she can't She's die. She's the only one with magic powers. But that's what I think is so great about this, is they, I'm not going to spoil the ending of this season. No, I liked her in this season more than ever before. Oh, man, no. But I don't I th think that, I don't think that Millie Bobby Brown's an, underrated actress oh i do yeah can i read you something sure this is you can read yes i can read this is natalia dyer's uh imdb she's been in things that aren't stranger things yes i love this <laughs> natalia natalia dyer plays uh nancy wheeler nancy wheeler gosh see the names are just too freaking normal Natalia Dyer, Dyer is an American is an American actress known primarily for her role as Nancy Wheeler in the Netflix science fiction drama series Stranger Things 2016. Her career began around the age of 12 in 2009 in the family comedic drama Hannah Montana the Movie. Sorry, what? Hannah Montana the Movie. Natalia who, who Dyer was in I have Montana no idea. Okay. I screenshotted that. I can't even click learn more. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. Like the fact that her bio on IMDb, what she sends to studios yeah. is like, I was in Stranger Things and Hannah Montana. That went to theaters. <laughs> that went to theaters. <laughs> Look at me. Oh, man. Um, she's one of the people that I like in interviews. Millie Bobby Brown is not. No, I don't like, I don't want to be mean to Millie Bobby Brown. She like came out and said this whole thing about how like everybody was mean to her in interviews for years. And so she stopped doing them. Uh, her most recent press tour I thought was pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I just think she's a kid. Yeah. I can live without her as a person and I can live without Finn Wolfhard as a person or an actor. Honestly, you know, what always throws me off is, uh, Will. 
uh, Noah Schnapp. Noah Schnapp. He's so cool. Yeah. Although he's here's beefing my, with Doja Cat. Here's my. I don't think they're beefing. I think they're beefing. You you clearly don't know what you're talking about. I clearly don't. Yeah. Um, no, she was trying to. Trying no, she's trying to beef. She was trying with to beef Joe Keery. Joe Keery. Yeah. Was it Joe Keery or was it Eddie Munson? I was one of those two. Okay. Might have been Joseph Quinn. I don't know. Um. One of those two, and and Noah Schnapp was like posted it, and then she like blew up on him. Oh, nice. He's like he's like 19 years old, and she's a grown woman. Right. That's the thing. So this is what I wanted to say about the press tour was that like the core four and Millie Bobby Brown, the core four still seem like kids to me in their press they're not i know that they're not i know that yeah. they're mostly adults yeah but caleb like, mclaughlin can like drink next month gross. that's lucas gross yeah uh sadie sings old enough to play taylor swift in a taylor swift music video sadie Sing was she in who is the girl from euphoria zendaya not zendaya i don't know i haven't seen you there's there's Hunter some schaefer there's some alliterative actress in euphoria let me pull this up because every time somebody says sadie sink i think that's who it is and it's obviously not because they're talking about the person in euphoria like they're very adult and attractive sydney sweeney sydney sweeney god i'm so glad sydney i Sweeney is adult and attractive <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I remember seeing Sadie sing, and I was like, "No way! This girl was in Euphoria." Nope, you're, you're you're correct. She played the Taylor Swift part in the All Too Well music video alongside Dylan O'Brien. Oh, you hate Dylan O'Brien. I don't hate Dylan O'Brien. Yes, you do. No, I just don't care. I think you hate it. No, I just don't. I don't think Becca's obsession with him is normal. Do you remember? I don't hate I, Dylan O'Brien. Do you remember back in like 2012, January 1st, we were in London. Yeah. Um, roughly around then, John Green comes on the internet and says, me and Hank have decided to stop hating things. Do you remember back in 2012? Uh... John Green comes to the internet. We're going to like, we're going to acknowledge that there are things that we do not like for no reason. Yes. Like, and we're going to stop disliking those things. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to give this thing my energy to not like anymore. Okay. That's how I feel about Conan O'Brien. I'm actually flipping my script. I like Conan O'Brien. I've noticed this. This is a big thing for you is this idea of, I wish I liked that. Yeah. And I don't understand you. Like why? Because he seems like such a nice dude. No, he doesn't. Yeah, huh? No, he doesn't. Conan O'Brien needs a friend as a concept, especially now Conan O'Brien needs a fan. Is so cringy that he does not deserve to still have a platform. Oh, I like Conan. But like, and all of his platforms have been taken away, so, so it's not you, like... <laughs> you, he did nothing got taken away from him, first of all. He had a platform for way longer than he deserved. He got um, kicked off TBS's late show. He got he had a platform for way longer <laughs> than he deserved. I, look, I'm not saying we don't need to probably just clean house with, with late show hosts in general. I think you can keep... You know what the problem is? At least the American ones. Graham Norton can't go anywhere. But the American Graham ones, Norton is different. That's Graham not <laughs> that's not a late show. That's the Graham Norton show. It's that is so its good. own formula. Because if, if 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 Fallon had four guests at a time and a gl huge glass of wine, it would be a different show. It would be a different show. But I think the problem is Fallon's the only one you can keep. Yeah. You yeah. need four people better than Fallon to come. Every single day, Jimmy or Jimmy Kimmel gets closer to being canceled for the man show. It it's, was satire. It's Yeah, but it's starting to buzz. It was satire. It's starting to buzz. Joe Rogan will be the only person that survives that. No. Yes. Promise. I honestly think the man show, and I'm going to eat my words on this, so maybe I won't say I honestly I just, think. Just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> just shut up. Yeah, so you took, you took John and Hank saying, uh, we're not going to, like, we're going to stop not liking things as your whole personality for the next 10 years. Yeah. It's uh, it's infuriating. I want to like stuff. Because you've decided that nobody and you and the rest of the world has decided that nobody's allowed to not like anything. I you used to say this thing all the time and this was this was my biggest pet peeve about you for the longest time is you'd be like that just doesn't bother me about anything. People could be like it's really hot. I'd be like that just doesn't bother me. <laughs> 
I didn't want stuff to bother me. Right, I, but like it is such a point of like not even not even privilege because like it is just you getting in people's faces, but the fact that they are uncomfortable with something. I have maintained my ability to not like stuff, much to the dis the, the dislike the of chagrin, everybody else. Chagrin. Yeah. Dis chagrin. Chagrin? Chagrin. Much to my chagrin, I think. <laughs> I don't know what chagrin means. I think means. I'm the one. I don't exactly know what that word means. I think I'm the one suffering the chagrin there. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I don't like, and I don't see a point in liking it. Um, Do you like me? And I don't see a point in pretending to like it in front of people, which is really the one that bothers people. That you won't pretend to like something yeah, in front of people? that I won't just blindly agree with people. I think what people don't like is when you don't give something a chance. I give just about everything a chance more than just about everybody, actually. Have you watched Clone Wars? Mm -hmm. The whole thing? No. It's why would I? Unwatchable. Why would I? I know, I know we're bringing this back to um, just upset people in our comments. I have mentions. rules about TV shows, and I'm not going to break them unless I have a good reason to. I mean, I think there's reason enough to break your rules in the case of Clone Wars, where like the first two seasons. No, there's not reason enough, though. That precludes it from being watchable. It's not good. I don't think I've ever finished the first two seasons, and I... I'm with you. I cannot. I've watched like the first four episodes. Yeah. And I can't more than once. I can't. I understand that like it's out of chronological order and you should start on this one and blah, blah, blah. That's too much work for something that I've already given hours. Of I have a hard to. enough time with animation in the first place. I do not like the animation style of Clone Wars at all. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch anime either. I'm so scared that I'm going to watch anime and lose my life to it. I've watched plenty of Avatar The Last Airbender. That show is fine. The show is mid. Mid? Mid. How old are you? 29. I don't think so. I'm about to lose your late 20s card. That's fine. <laughs> I, you're, you're, your brother Ben has a complete total inability to pick up on any sort of jargon said by anybody that is younger than him. And then just like every time I'll use a word, he'll like point it out. What is that? Yeah. And I'm just like, it's just what people are saying. And he'll be like, oh, it's what the kids are saying. I'm like, I said, what people are saying. It's what the kids are this, saying. Th yeah, but that's that's the those are the tastemakers. The kids are the tastemakers. Because if we're gonna keep if we're gonna keep propelling entertainment, child focused entertainment to the ultimate forefront of entertainment, if our biggest franchises are gonna be Star Wars and Marvel and and you know Disney animation and Pixar and all this stuff, if those are gonna be the forefronts of what is considered entertainment, then yes, the kids are the tastemakers. And they're gonna continue to be. So nobody would call like midsummer mid. Um because midsummer's not for the tastemakers. <laughs> No, it's not. Yeah. Is Euphoria mid? I don't know. I haven't watched it. I think people think I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I barely had time to watch this or this. Um, Euphoria is, is exhausting. As, I, just oh my as somebody God. that doesn't watch Euphoria, Euphoria is exhausting. Oh. So I follow, there's a show that is sold to me. I follow a couple nerdy blogs on yeah. Instagram and Twitter and not Twitter. I, don't, I haven't been on Twitter in a long time. Instagram from Bacon and Eggs and from my own account. Uh, the Boys is pushed to me more than any Anything other else. show Ever. I'm willing to bet it's awesome. I, it, I'm sure it is. And ever since it became like popular again, like this most recent time, I just haven't had Amazon Prime. Really? Yeah. I don't order a bunch of stuff on Amazon. So like that was just something that like I, I had to trim back for a few months. I'm a little, little cash light these days. Right. So that, that $13 a month was just something that had to go. So it just went. And then as soon as that happened, it was like, oh, my God, season whatever of the boys is out. It's the best show ever. You got to watch it. I'm so scared that I'm going to watch it and hate it i see that and that is my thing is that like i have trouble legitimate trouble getting invested in off-brand superhero content i do not well and like the fact that everybody is like their names are like soldier boy and like homeboy and like i think the i mean i think the whole point of this one specifically is to be poking fun i think originally at like superhero content and now it's more sure. of like a at least from the commentary i've seen it's now it's, much more of like a 
social yeah we, we hate america and this is right. why um, right but like i haven't watched that i haven't really watched i mean i haven't watched the uh like the tick or any other stuff i haven't watched the tick i've um, watched invincible I haven't watched Invincible. I don't read a lot of like superhero fiction. And when I do, I have a really hard time getting into it. I do really well with superhero fiction. It's um, rare that I find one I don't like, which is weird. Like I did when we did the reading thing last year, I didn't expect superhero fiction to land high on my list. Yeah. There's just something so like off putting about the superheroes that they choose. Yes. Because like they have bad names and they have stupid powers inherently because everything else is under strict lock and key copyright. Right. Like all of the good stuff. Every bug out every <laughs> you have bird, to be the tick out every you know like any kind of power you can think of off the top invisibility all this other stuff it is taken by marvel it's taken by dc it's taken by the, the incredibles i read a pretty good series uh called raptors uh which is a great name it's about a bunch of bird themed heroes i remember this yeah they did good in the uh they did pretty good in the dreadnought series dreadnought was there was fantastic. there was quite a few in there like uh what was his name like red steel or whatever yeah that was like his, his superpower was like communism right and he yeah. was like a relic of the the like of the, the, the bygone the, days yes um then i like i read that renegades book and it was a good book and i enjoyed the story it was the same i could not read renegades it was the same with the dreadnought series it's like i really enjoyed the story i enjoyed the characters that were being poised to me it was just like i didn't care about the fact they were superheroes right at all um that's what i thought made dreadnought so good was that the author found a really good way to make april daniel yeah. uh to make dreadnought such an interesting character uh if i had to recommend one piece of superhero fiction like off-brand superhero fiction that be yeah it. Uh, yeah like i said i've heard invincible is really good i honestly just keep forgetting that one exists and also the fact that that one dude is not played by jk simmons breaks my brain it is played by jk is simmons. it yeah okay i thought it wasn't no it is okay because it's like the dude that looks like yeah no that's jk J. Jonah jameson okay um we at of rap time or what do we not do? really oh okay I, I mean we're close you were just looking at the clock so no i was just i was just checking i'm just i don't know okay. the levels are weird in the last one so my brain is like look at the levels look at the levels okay look at the level look at whatever you want i just man. keep forgetting to, to to look back sometimes um i had a point i wanted to make though yeah so it's, it, invincible is one of those things that i'm like i'm invincible and the boys are like one of those things that i'm afraid to watch because i'm afraid i'm not gonna like it and it's i definitely wouldn't tell people that i started it until i was and i usually don't do this but i usually won't like start a show watch for a couple episodes just and then like tell people before i've decided if i liked it or not mm -hmm. because then they'll just like expect me to like it because everybody likes everything now yeah well i mean i do you like have that, to like everything i do like that that's where the conversation has gone i don't no hold on i like that we're only talking about the things that we like at least this is what i hope is happening is that we only talk about the things that we like and the flip side of that is it sounds like everybody likes everything uh but i don't like i'm not interested you know the more we make content on tiktok and instagram the less interested i am in i watched i don't know what's a movie that came out recently i watched where the crawdads sing and it sucked and here's five reasons why like i'm not interested in that content at all oh i'm interested in that content really yeah just that particular content why where the crawdads sing sucks yeah have you read the book no okay i i think it was pretty good from what i've heard i have not read it i meant to read it last year i just kept forgetting but like it was universally beloved it was it was okay but like i i just think the conversation around like i'm um, allowed to not like where the crawdads I'd sing the book. Yeah, that's fine. I, it doesn't seem like I'm allowed to. No, you absolutely are. Doesn't bother you? No. Well, I thought. Yeah, but if I come out here and I say like, yeah, I'll be working, I'll be the show. It was okay. I didn't really, I didn't really like that much. I would be eviscerated, <laughs> ripped into tiny Ethan pieces. This is the problem. I try to come down, or I don't try to. I feel like I come down in our group chat in the middle between you and Mary Clay. Mary Clay doesn't like anything unless she is the only person that's currently enjoying it. Like she, she refuses to intake anything that's popular in any way. She won't watch Disney Plus shows. She won't watch Stranger Things. She 
she watches The Witcher over and over again because like eight people liked it. And she reads Tolkien. And then you have this like this. Oh, I wish I liked it. Like, I don't feel compelled to like Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was fine. I didn't finish it. I have no desire to finish you it. You didn't finish it? No. The first three episodes weren't good. Disagreed wholeheartedly. I, I got I got hooked on Stranger Things. I just haven't gotten back to it. Dang. At no point have I sat down in front of a television and gone, you know, I want to I want to watch the rest of those episodes. I've heard they're good, and I've heard it really turns it around by the last couple episodes. That's not how TV works. You don't get that chance. Yes, you do. No, you don't. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I don't care. It, they tried a thing. It was cool. Um... It's not the Mandalorian. <laughs> it's not Mando. That's the big challenge is, man, they really, it's what? the Thor th Love and Thunder. Right? I don't they, feel they... compelled to like Obi-Wan Kenobi the way you do, and I don't feel compelled to hate it the way Mary Clay does. Mary Clay. I don't hate it on principle. I don't like it on principle. Mary Clay doesn't know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. So That's true. That doesn't quite count. But I don't, I, I try not to just like things because of who makes them, um, I think it's a really weird way to approach things. That's all I'm saying. Can I tell you something funny? Sure. So this frustrated me about Stranger Things. We're getting back on top. Thank you very much. I got my notes. Back on Topish. Um, Eddie is hiding out with a guy named Reefer Rick. A couple things. I well, he's talk not. Reefer Rick's in prison. Is that where Reefer Rick yeah. is? Stupid that we don't get to meet him. Side note. No, because name. that's how Eddie gets almost caught is people are like, hey, Reefer Rick's, there's somebody at Reefer Rick's house, but he's in prison. Oh, Reefer Dick Lipton. Is his name. Yeah. Yeah. The the fact that they fought I forgot about this. The fact they find him by like looking up his records at the at the family video. And they're like, oh, it's gotta be the Cheech and Chong one. I would have loved that to have been wrong. And yeah, that would have been hilarious. It's like the Mona Lisa smile guy. Right. They were like, why would Dick Lipton watch Fast Times at Barrington High? Why not? I guess I guess what I think of a stone. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ri you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fast Times at Barrington High. I went with it. Fast Times at Barrington Times the Academy is out. But when I think about like stoners today watching 80s movies, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. That's exactly what you do. But then I think about like, I have to put my mind in like, what would a stoner in 1986 be watching? Cheech and Chong movies. Cheech and Chong movies. Yeah. He'd be watching Cheech and Chong movies. Um, we also. Man, if there was like, if somebody had like a record of all the movies that I like, if I still had to check stuff out from Blockbuster and that was the only way to get entertainment that wasn't on the television. Like, oh my God, my, my records at Blockbuster would be insane. <laughs> it's like this dude bought. Rented. <laughs> this dude rented midsummer and ant-man and the wasp at the same time <laughs> what does that mean return midsummer return ant-man and the wasp 62 percent of the way watched. um so you know he rented the first season of it's always sunny in philadelphia started the first episode about six times and rewound it about six times it looks like he just couldn't get into it he didn't like it there are okay. people like people like making judgments about my <laughs> like i wish that happened at netflix like they're like I, I, I'm sure it does. Like, I maybe I'm sure, but I'm sure it does. Somebody is sitting behind the algorithm being like, oh, buddy, this is what you watch. I don't, th I think that you don't know what an algorithm is. If you think I there's somebody sitting behind the, I there's no algae rhythm. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they make that he, stupid He returned movie? a smashed copy of Space Jam 2. <laughs> Along with seasons one and two of MASH. <laughs> he never returned MASH. <laughs> <laughs> never turn MASH. Just kept that one. <laughs> MASH strikes me as the kind of show that like an entire season could fit on one DVD. Um, no, I think it was like a normal length I know it was show, normal yeah. length, but it like it seems like the, it was so old that like the technology couldn't storage, so they're just smaller files. No, because it still has to be like when they put it on DVD. That didn't re that was not really how DVD works. I don't know how DVD works. Well, basically, they just like recorded. The Will Byersley. 
the tapes onto 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 onto, div- div- onto computers. So like the the recording, like like forty five minutes of video costs a certain amount of space. <laughs> right on a div- doesn't matter how many pixels that are right. in there. Like that's that's about compression and and bit rate and less about like good camera bad camera. Yeah. Um. One of the things I love that cracked me up watching this show. This show doesn't have a lot of zingers. Yeah. Um. I mean they do when there's like stancy stuff, not stancy. Dust and stuff. Uh, but there was a zinger. It was subtle. You had to be watching. Okay. Where Nancy shows up to the trailer park and everybody she talks to in the trailer park is like, takes her dead fucking serious as a reporter. Yeah. <laughs> she works for the high school, man. Yeah, but like, they just want to talk. They they want to have their minute, right? Like, right. they want to talk to somebody. But even, even when she shows up to... Eddie's uncle, who's like, Victor Creel did this. He's like, I ain't talking to no more. I ain't more. talking to no more reporters. <laughs> I already gave my story to the post. My nephew's innocent. He ain't killed nobody. This was Victor Creel. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about Victor Creel at all. I love that whole Silence of the Lambs sequence. Fantastic. Was that in these episodes? Yep. Okay. I didn't actually rewatch two of them. So. Oh, yes, it was. Okay. That was awesome. I love the scene. We haven't talked about- Silence uh, of the Lambs is not the movie you're looking for. What? What sequence are you talking about? When they go in and they have to stand away from the bars and oh 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 that that yeah, oh, they, I thought you're talking, yes, about, the, it is. I thought you're talking <laughs> about the the thing with the girl in the house like the story he tells no 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 um sounds of the lambs was not out yet in 1986 fun fact that is a fun fact it was it was the best picture in 92 right something like that I think it was the year I was born nice I'm probably wrong hey Siri what year did Silence of the Lambs come out let's find out uh yeah 1991 so the Oscars yes it was Valentine's Day 1991 (laughs) look at you that would have been like a late Oscar pick though I I early Oscar pick I think it, yeah, early. I think it worked differently back then. You think it was more like in January? They did like well, a full January to January or January to December thing. I, I think that just like movies kind of came out when they were. Yeah, I can't believe I got that. Because right. like they didn't like. I don't think that they were even back then. I don't think they were Oscar baiting particularly the right. way they are now. Um, what were we talking about? It's like Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture. Deserved it. Have you seen Shakespeare in Love? It, yes, it's a great <laughs> movie. It did not deserve Best Picture. Fantastic. I asked for Shakespeare in Love for like my 16th birthday, and I got it. Hey, it's a good movie. So good. Voldemort's brother doing a great job. I think I wanted it because there's a topless scene in it. Yeah, definitely. Who returned Fast Times at Bridgemont <laughs> High? Paused at 53 minutes and six seconds. Boobies. Boobies. <laughs> Robin. Um, we haven't talked about Robin at all. So there's the scene where Robin and Nancy. We absolutely have talked about Robin because you've called her Maya like seven times. My Hawk. Uh. I've been watching Moon Knight too. I've been all up on the Hawk family. Have you been watching Moon Knight? I'm two episodes in. Again. Again. But I watched them this time. (laughs) As opposed to what? Kind of like, I don't know, beat bopping around, checking my phone, walking the dog, letting the dogs out, you know, meandering. I've been watching them. You've been watching them. I don't know what's going to happen. Oscar Isaac's great. Oscar Isaac is way too good to be in the MCU. (laughs) Uh... He's too good for that to be his only role in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, Moon Knight needs to be the new Captain America. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. Uh, I love, what was I saying? I love Maya Hawk in the scene where she's like, women in our field don't get any oh, respect. Oh, she blows up at the, at the, uh, at the, at the, the Undertaker shrink. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So this is one thing. They address that the cops don't have any interest in Victor Creel, but none of the reporters in town do. Yeah, like the, the, the exact same thing happened. Right. 
Like nobody her wants eyes to... were missing. Right. But yeah, like if there's even if there's like a copycat killer, like this is the whole premise of Silence of the Lambs. Right. Is it like they go ask Hannibal Lecter yeah, about was... his Dr. Lecter about his opinions about the killer? It was him all along. Like, yeah, so if if there was a person imitating the Victor Creel murders, you'd, then you'd think to... they'd want to talk to Victor Creel about how like, well, hey, what happened to you? Right. And you think that the cop, like the the well, that being said, I wouldn't think anything about Hawkins PD at this point. They are less than worthless. So that was something I really wanted the new police officer. He has a name. I can't think of it to be uh, like to have an arc and to be an interesting character. I understand why they didn't. But it's like we need to show how good Hopper was. Yeah. No, he just lets Jason get away with starting a mob. Right. But I would have wanted more out of the new cops. I mean, but that dude has been useless the whole for time. the whole time. Like yeah. he's been a big part of the whole thing. Right. All right. Now it is rap time. Okay. Well, I've so. talked about most of this stuff. We don't already. have listener scores this time. I didn't ask for them. I know. Oh. This is what I'm saying. It's like we don't oh. we don't have scores this time, so we don't have to like. We've made it to the end of my notepad. Yeah. This is part one. Take the disc out. Flip it over. That's how CDs work. Totally. <laughs> No, I actually think you go to the next CD. Yeah, you go to the next CD. Yeah. Unless you're watching the copy that I had of The Matrix. Oh, you could flip that one? Well, yeah, so like it was, it was, um, I bought this from the $5 bin when you and I were in college. Nice. And it's like, it's The Matrix on one side and then The Matrix Reloaded on the second side and then the third side was the matrix revelation or revolution it's revolution for some reason matrix revolutions and then the animatrix on the other side i had dvds like that yeah yeah i had uh, uh copies of it's always sunny that were like that have you watched it's always sunny yeah really yeah like 15 years ago i bought season one maybe seasons one and two from fye i feel like that would have happened like we go to fye one day because we're like this place has stuff that we would probably want to buy and then we feel compelled to buy something and you leave with a season of it's always sunny and uh, yep. pikachu backpack i didn't buy a pikachu backpack i would always go to the tchotchkes and be like i feel like i'm supposed to buy this stuff i would usually just buy a dvd or something mm. I remember I had a Blu-ray of The Dark Knight that had ears. Gross. <laughs> Batman ears on the case. Oh, I hate I that. I had Fast Five on Blu-ray. Nice. This is like the beginning of, of Blu-ray. For, for you. For me. My first ever DVD, first ever DVD, Yeah. was, I, real quick, I saw a TikTok today that was about Titanic, and all the comments were like, I remember that Titanic had to be two VHSs. Obviously. Who doesn't know this? I don't do double VHS, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> but who doesn't know this about Titanic? Yeah. Is that, like, I couldn't figure out what age of person would be like, isn't it crazy that it was two VHS, two VHS tapes? Is that a 40-year-old saying that or, or a 10-year-old? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Um, I think likely it's a 40-year-old being like, you remember that shit? That was crazy. That was crazy. Um, what were we talking about? Your first DVD. My first DVD was The Jungle Book. Was it? Yeah. Nice. Disney DVD. A Disney DVD. The thing that would, the, like, the, the trailer that would blow your speakers out. I think I still have it. I'm about to go to my parents' house. I think they, well, I don't still have it, but I think they still have it. You know what mine was? Uh, hold on. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. No. <laughs> it was a Phantom Menace. Ooh, that's a good one. I had it on VHS and DVD. I also had it on VHS. Because it like, didn't come out on DVD until like 2001. Right. I still have it on VHS. That one I think is in this house. Nice. Yeah. I'm not going to go look for it. Sorry, viewer. There you have it. That is our review of episodes one through four of Stranger Things. Review. Four. <laughs> review i don't know we didn't even score it i'd say stranger things as a show is a 90 it's tough right it's tough and I, we'll, we'll talk about it. this more when next we have week the full season we'll talk about this more next week because it's not over and the conversation's not over we want you to be a part of it feel free to comment on our instagram bacon and eggs pod on our facebook group which is free 
for everybody. And Ethan, well, Ethan's probably not there very often, but I'm there all the time. Bacon and Eggs fan on Facebook. Bacon and Eggs fans on Facebook. You can see a link for it somewhere, wherever you're listening or watching this. Um, you can also join our Discord server, which is just $3 a month over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Uh, if you like this video and you like this podcast, please do share it with your friends and family. We want them to be a part of the conversation too, please. I love them. I mean, at the moment for me, it's a 100. You at think? the moment, yeah. I Where do. we are right now? Where we or are right now. No, like- like The end of season- The end of season four. Okay. I think it's a 100 because season four fixed every single mistake, not mistake, every single weird thing about the first three seasons. Hmm. Tied everything together perfectly, beautifully, but it's not over, right? We're going to have to get Stranger Things Endgame. Right. Uh, where, again, where, we'll talk about this more next week. Where Barb like, comes back. <laughs> it'll drop to a zero at that point. If Barb shows up wearing... If Barb is Vecna? No, Barb is the Black Panther. Barb is the Black Panther? <laughs> Surprise, it's not Winston Duke, it's the girl from Stranger Things. <laughs> one that died in season one. Um... As you are listening to this or watching this listener, it is either probably Friday or th Thursday or Friday. Uh, go see Nope. Oh, I want to um, see that. that movies are good. bombing at the box office right now. Everything is doing terribly um, and streaming is destroying the movie industry. So go go watch a Jordan Peele movie and make it make a lot of money because that would be cool. Um, vote with your dollar and vote for that. But also, if you want to make money in the long term, maybe invest in like Netflix. I wouldn't invest in Netflix. Maybe not Netflix. Yeah. I, I, I Yeah. Maybe find a nice mutual fund that has all of the streaming services just put your money in mutual funds in general don't listen to us for advice on anything go see nope at the theaters um thor experienced the biggest drop off in marvel history uh at the box office this last week that's a that's a tiktok thing man what do you mean that's, i don't think it has to do with streaming i think it has to do with tiktok being like this movie was mid and then people being like all right i won't see it yeah but it also has to do with like now there's like options you can do other stuff like the casual moviegoer is gone i wish i could go back to being a casual the casual movie goer goer just isn't going to the movies anymore at right. all well because they're uh, not like, seeing minions rise of Gru. they're not seeing like you only go to the movies for targeted reasons now right um and that's hurting so like everybody that's gonna see it is gonna see it in the first weekend and everything's gonna bomb after that yeah, yeah. 69 percent drop off from Oof. weekend to weekend. See how Avatar does later this year. Yeah, The Way of Water, Avatar you should, 2. You should look at James Cameron's history at the box office. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's insane. Yeah, spend, invest in Avatar. I'm willing to bet that does well. Yeah. What kind of stupid changes is it going to make in the TV industry? Remember when Avatar 1 came out and people started buying 3D televisions? Yes. <laughs> For like five minutes? Dude, there no, there was like a period of like six years where if you went into a TV store, Avatar was on the TV. And, and yeah, you had a 3D television available. Right. And I never knew a single person that bought one. Uh, Emily has one. Does she? The You've seen it. The TV in her living room is a 3D TV. Really? Yeah. <laughs> her parents live. Not, I don't Emily's know separate living room in this house yeah her parlor her parlor uh, yeah Emily, emily's got a 3d tv in her sitting room her powder room has she, just a she is the breadwinner so she can have whatever she wants you know listen tyler bread is not a game bread is a food you can't win at bread you certainly can food is a competition thank you for listening to bacon and eggs i've been tyler carlin he's been andrew scott bell he's been vaishan brandon is that vaishan's last name brandon yeah yeah uh, at Vaishan Designs on Instagram, at Andrew Scott Bell on dot com. Andrew Scott Bell dot com. Andrew Scott Bell uh, composing music for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. We might have to review We're it. We're going to have to review it. That's a movie that I've heard of that Andrew Scott Bell. We're going to have to put like a TV right here and just play it while we're talking through it. Or we'll put a TV right here that has Andrew Scott Bell on it. Yeah. Oh, that's not a bad we idea. We could get him to talk to us. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we'll, it's a we'll Winnie the a, Pooh horror movie. We'll have our own screen to look at. On because public one. domain is a thing. I mean, good for them. Uh, no, absolutely good for them. I, I, listen, I'm sure Andrew's music for it is going to be fantastic. It looks insane. And like, worst case scenario, it cannot possibly be worse than the Great Gatsby prequel. They made a Great Gatsby prequel? Not a movie. They made the book. Nick. Oh, Nick the book. Oh, yeah. You read it, didn't Bottom you? Bottom five last year. I'll tell you that much. Really? I, I wish I had DNF'd it. It was so bad. Guy that wrote Nick, do better. Great Gatsby. Really good. Though. Great Gatsby's really good. I like that. You call him Fuck Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> I've got a copy of The Great Gatsby somewhere over here. Floor. The viewer can't see that. Tyler's got a lot of stuff on the floor around us. He recently experienced a flood. Flood. A flood. Anyway, uh, I've been Ethan Edgel. He's been Tyler Carlin. A music by Bashan Brandon. No, graphics by Bashan Brandon. Music by Edge Scott Bell. Uh, follow us, Bacon and Eggs Pod, pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Patreon.com slash Bacon and Eggs, I think. Yep. Um, yeah. Free Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. Join our Discord. Do all the things. Um, I've been Ethan Edgel. He's been Tyler Carlin. Until next time, Arrivederci. Angela. Swap. It was more of a, just like a, like a scream, but don't do that. Angela. Thwap. I don't Thwap. Flip. Give me the scary, okay? Give me the word, I'll just walk away. Do you ever feel like you're losing your mind? On a daily basis. All the time. You know, this isn't the first time we've met. Corona coffin, how could I forget? I don't know, Chrissy, you're a freak. You know, you're not what I thought you'd be. Eddie, did you find anything? Peaceful bliss, moments away. Chrissy, Chrissy, Chrissy. Chrissy.